make me feel so young You make me feel like spring has sprung Like the way he's speaking His confidence is peaking Don't like his baggy jeans But I'ma like what's underneath him and Love is a Surfing 18, and today we are doing the second half of the Beatles tribute episodes, Tina in the Sky with Diamonds, and I've got what's returning with me some amazing guests, if they would like to introduce themselves. So, uh, I'm Rosie, uh, coming up Rosie on Tumblr, um, from the UK. Hi, I'm Izzy, I'm the dog mark, and I'm in Australia, and it's 2 a.m. Oh. <laughs> Hi, I'm Carly, I'm Carol Jane, um, everywhere on the internet, um, and I'm in the U.S. <laughs> and you're with me, it's 10 in the morning. <laughs> yeah. Look, it's not the craziest time I've ever stayed up for something Glee related so like whatever <laughs> well yeah I think the last time you picked a really late hour in the morning so thank you Izzy for being That's here okay <laughs> as I said it's not the crazy thing it's a Saturday night what else am I gonna be doing really so so funny Snarky was like oh I have to make sure she's okay with this this is in the middle of the morning <laughs> I'm like <laughs> Oh, I'm pretty well. sure it's, it's like Sunday morning I'm not doing anything it's a Sunday so it's fine <laughs> I think it's 2 a.m. You have permission to be really salty. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, okay, good. Because my notes have, there's a little, there there was a little bit, but okay, I've got permission now. Yeah, you're fine. (laughs) This this episode is okay to be a little salty. Okay, Um, good. Okay, so jumping in, we are talking about, um, this is the second part of The Beatles, and I think it's kind of funny because I think this is, I call this the B-team episode because it does <laughs> Tina and Sam and um, Santana, whereas, like, the first one is, you know, the first one is all of the, you know, accolades for the Clayne and Rachel and all of that jazz, but um, this kind of, like, wraps up the, the the other side, the other half of the cast, and um, I think it's it's a fun episode. It's funny. 
Um, there's a lot of really good moments in it. And one, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about Tina and that whole <laughs> carry thing. <laughs> but uh, before we get there, though, let's talk about New York a little bit. Um, we start off with, uh, with basically, there's this whole dynamic that started off in the other episode with Santana and Rachel. And this is kind of Santana's side where... Um, she gets a little bit of fame by doing a yeast to set commercial. <laughs> so let, let's talk about that for a minute. And, and what are you guys' thoughts on this whole yeast to stat? <laughs> Yeasty girl. <laughs> seven, it was it seven easy applications. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, nothing. Just want yeast in her muffin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that line is so good. Oh my goodness. <laughs> What's um, the bagel line? The yeah. Uh, I want yeast in my, my bagel, 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 but not in my muffin. <laughs> <laughs> it's like. Cracky Glee, the bit I really love best. That 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 little uh, commercial was just perfect. So I fun. love how fake happy she is, like all the infomercials. <laughs> yeah. She's like hitting a ball and then the bubbles and just dancing around because the she rhythm. can because she doesn't have a yeast infection. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I mean, um, it's it's kind of just set up to like make Rachel jealous like in the plot it's it's not to like further Santana's plot because it's not really mentioned ever again or maybe once but like it it doesn't really drive her forward in any way so like <laughs> I feel it's very like related to Rachel more that yeah I mean Rachel. Rachel is a little bit of jealous about it which kind of like spurs her drive a little bit more um I, I do think it's mentioned way farther on when Rachel and Santana get in a feud because she's like oh all I've done is that used to set commercial um which but having the national commercial is not like something to like not be proud of because like she's gonna get residuals for that she's gonna be okay like she didn't get well no before. she didn't <laughs> oh yeah yeah she got the <laughs> lifetime supply of, supply of yeast it's <laughs> <laughs> when she's like Never i need mind, an agent but, um but i mean like she she has that on her her resume too so like it's not a bad thing for her no i wonder why she didn't start getting more commercials after that because yeah i don't know <clears throat> Because the show didn't really care that much about Santana's career. I know. Yeah. I think that's the truth. <laughs> that's, that's really it. They they like started. Oh, she's gonna go to Kentucky and be a professional or a college yeah. cheerleader. And like, what is she gonna do with that? And then she's gonna move to New York. But what is she gonna be? And she's like, Oh, I'm an actress. Oh, I'm gonna be a model. Oh, I'm gonna be a go-go dancer. Oh, I'm gonna be. Uh, Rachel's on the study. Like, <laughs> like, what is she? Like, what is she gonna be? I mean, what? married she, to Britney. <laughs> she, she's yeah. eight years old, like at this point. So, like, that we're even like saying, hey, like she doesn't have her shit together and doesn't have a career yet. That's ridiculous. But in Glee world, she should have her, you know, 
her success one year out of co- uh, out of high school, right? Yeah. I, yeah. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, I've said this before. As soon as I, like, left the high school, I always, like, forget that they're not 18. Because yeah, it, so obviously true. the actors are not. So in my mind, she's, like, mid-20s. Maybe she should have her life together. But you're right. She's only well, 18. She's 18. The New York, yeah. like, the New York kind of set is... Um, they they act like mid twenties or yeah. even late twenties, not mm-hmm. like oh I've just gotten out of college. Or yeah, like, that, it's like, gonna get worse when they do like the when they come back to Lima um, in the middle of the season and they're all acting like they're twenty six. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> haven't been back in like years, not yeah. like weeks. <laughs> so I know because it's only been. I mean. <laughs> To fit it in the timeline, they're still in one year after they graduated. I mean, they haven't even hit the one year mark after they've mm-hmm. graduated. So they back like every other month. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's 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 really like, you know, what at the beginning of season four where you sort of saw particularly Rachel sort of getting used to this, you know, leaving school, starting uh college, all that kind of stuff. It, it, I think they've got bored with that now. So now we're just yeah. having, mm-hmm. yeah. Here they are, young adults in, in New York. We, we've, you know, we've you can things. It's like it is just as though they, as with a lot of things in Glee, they just got bored with that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, we we never saw them actually like. Well, uh, in this season, we rarely saw them actually like do any schoolwork. Oh, yeah. They kind of, like, like, put everything on pause until they got to the New York arc in the second half of the season. Which was only, like, six bloody episodes, but... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway. Um, so, uh, the real Cinti in the story, though, here is um, is about Danny, who doesn't oh. get a last name. Just Danny. Oh. <laughs> Danny. Hello, Danny. Uh, <laughs> I feel like I'm gonna about, about to turn the sold up just a little bit, because, like... We just had an episode, like, Kevin Blaine got engaged, which is wonderful. I enjoyed watching it in preparation to watch this episode. And, like, they don't communicate at all. And Santana and Danny and then Sam and Nurse Penny, who I forgot was in this episode, um, (laughs) both have songs, and these are mid-game couples that literally don't go anywhere. (laughs) Yes. I'm just real mad. Well, I feel like part of it is they wanted to do these specific Beatles songs and they're like let's what do we do with that now with um I I kind of think of like Demi Lovato's character as like the Adam's Kurt or Kurt's Adam like this is definitely something well actually I kind of like Danny more than I liked Adam yeah but um, (laughs) but um I I kind of wish like you have this great guest star Demi Lovato is great you have some genuine chemistry between Santana and Danny. And Definitely. I'm sorry that it didn't go anywhere because it's so sweet here. And then and Santana gets to play a vulnerability that she doesn't usually ever get. Um, yeah. So. Well, I just, I just wondered because it's something that I, I mean, I've noticed having read a lot of fic that came out in this time period and even later, is that as somebody who read a lot of Kurt and Blaine fic, I feel like, we as a fandom kind of latched on to Santana and Danny. Like they appear in a lot of Kurt and Blaine fix. I just wonder why, like we liked them so much. Just putting it out there. 
Oh, well, I guess I can only talk for myself is that I, first of all, it's the chemistry. I just never saw as much chemistry between more than friendship between Santana and Brittany. So when Santana gets an actual love interest and they're kind of flirty with each other and they're kind of fun with each other and they have this genuine like liking, I'm like, oh, that's a spark of something that's really interesting. I kind of want to see where that goes because I was never really in- invested in Bertana. So that's yeah, I found, me personally. Yeah, I just found it interesting because it, it seemed like it was a lot of people, at least on in our side of fandom. And I really, I mean, it's no hate against Bertana or anything, but it was just something that I noticed. They just yeah. Anytime Santana appeared in a fic and it was in a couple, it was always with Danny, not with Brittany. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe that's just I an should... observation. I just wanted to know if anyone else had like. <laughs> well, yeah, no, I feel like. I wonder if it's in. because it's it's kind of hard to write Brittany without like making her seem like a two-dimensional like idiot, basically, um, which at times the show does that too. But um, like it, it's harder to like to write her. I I feel like. There's been really, really poorly written Brittany out there. Um, and it's easier to write Danny because she doesn't really have as many Mystic. explored quirks. <laughs> like, you can, you can put you more want. into her, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. But, I, I, but and also, I suspect it is that thing that if you weren't an invested, somebody who's super invested in Britannia, then it was actually the Danny character, you know, that it it was it was cute as you say there were there was a uh, there was a chemistry it was fun and it was a bit different and I suspect you know uh, you know if like people who went super invested in Kurt and Blaine you know the Adam story was I just think possibly that character just had less to <laughs> I didn't <laughs> like that character but I guess if you did if the Kurt and Blaine thing wasn't your Mm-hmm. Uh, was it wasn't something you were really terribly bothered with? Then you would maybe just have thought Kurt and Adam were cute. So maybe yeah. it's the same thing. Yeah. Um, or a lot of people really liked Kurt and Elliot. Yeah, yeah but that's different. Well, they, I mean, they it wasn't like more. it wasn't canon. It wasn't in the show, but like I also felt like Kurt and Elliot didn't come from as much of a place of negativity as Kurt and right. Adam did. Well, and Does I that think that you could definitely tell, not to, to say anything about the other actor, but you can definitely tell Chris and Adam had a, a like, Adam Lambert had yeah. A, <laughs> yeah. To, to clarify, uh, had a lot of fun together. You could tell they just enjoyed all of their scenes together, and I think that kind of made that the, that friendship really work and um yeah. but we're getting ahead of ourselves that's not too yeah sorry that's <laughs> something that i noticed and i just wondered no that's but maybe fine. it's that maybe it's again that as well maybe again it's because uh you know Maya and demi seem to be having a good time maybe that's mm-hmm. people pick up on that I, I wonder also going off of what Carly said, I wonder if because Danny is an open character, like there's not much to her, fanfic writers can play with her a little bit more, whereas Brittany is a very specific type of character and it's harder <laughs> to write that. <laughs> so. Yeah, she's uh, specific. <laughs> and um, I, oh, go ahead. I think it's, um, uh, it's, it's going to be hard to say because like, 
there are Britannia fans out there and like I respect them and I don't really get that relationship um, very much. Uh, and I think there are other people that agreed with me um, that like Santana, there was kind of like a power play. Santana was like the, the, I don't know, not a power play, but I don't know where I'm going with this, but <laughs> just that's okay. Understand. That was one of the reasons why I always had trouble with Britannia a little bit. But yeah. Anyway. Um, it's, sad, it's sad that Danny and Santana didn't have more to work with in the Yeah. Yeah. yeah as, as a really cute. Like, as a, as a lesbian looking for representation, like, I preferred the, the Santana-Danny relationship and, and the, the little that we got of it, but, like, the dynamics between them rather than, like, the, I don't know, eye candy of, of Brittany and Santana. I mean, they love each other and they're very sweet to each other, but, like, the actual relationship and, and them being people, like it, it didn't seem real to me or, or reach me or talk to me as much as like when, when Danny came on, I was like, Ooh, this is really interesting. Like, this is a really cute story. And she seems like a really cool character that well, I think we never really oh, get to explore. I think for the first time you see Santana, being vulnerable and being nervous and being scared and being like, you know, with Brittany, she always had a sense of kind of control and um, it's a new dynamic for Santana, which is really refreshing when you, you know, mm. you're on season five and you want something new for these characters. And, and so it's nice. So, yeah. Yeah, um, I I, that's what I meant by like their power dynamic, but mm -hmm. like, <laughs> uh, what'd you guys think of here comes the sun? Oh, it's so cute. It's really sweet. Although not to be that person that like Blaine must sing every song, but I'd always associated that song with Blaine because if anyone has ever loved any of Rainjoy's fix her story fix, as in like fixed mm -hmm. by Rainjoy, he yep. sung that song, and I, I've always associated it with him, and it broke my heart that he didn't get to sing it. Oh, but he they is sound a really ball of sunshine. But he, they do sound amazing on this song, and I really, really like it. It was really yeah. sweet. Um, I do want to bring up for just a second, um, one minor problem that I did have with Santana's story. And I think oh, it's yeah. way, way more blatant than <laughs> the alcohol is the just biphobic. awful biphobic yeah. comments. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, like, uh, you need a sapphic love gosh. because <laughs> otherwise it doesn't count basically. Well, yeah. a, a girlfriend a, who won't chasing for penis. Yeah. Straight for dick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh my God! Is this the, I've I've only had a bisexual girlfriend and a, a bi curious. Well, no, she said uh, she's only dated bisexuals, and I went, "Is Sam a bisexual?" Like, no, no. I mean, like, I, I like think she's talking about women. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. I yeah, realized yeah. that. But then well, I went, does that mean Blaine could have happened? <laughs> <laughs> Um, I, you know, she dated Brittany and then she fooled around with Quinn. Yeah. And it's and one of the real unrealistic things is the Naya Rivera could probably get a lot of women to like date her. So there's no, like, Santana <laughs> not, not being able to get women to date her. I mean, maybe they meet her and they like personality, but I mean, just right off the looks, I'm pretty sure she would not have a hard time finding a girlfriend. Um, 
Yeah, the fact I remember one of the one of the other episodes I was on where she had to pay a chick to be her girlfriend. Yeah, I was like, how unrealistic is this? <laughs> but <laughs> um, I mean, she had that moment um, with the girl in the library that led oh, to yeah. the breakup. So, like, <laughs> what happened? There are girls exchange. in Kentucky. <laughs> <laughs> but I, 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 I think it's unfortunate that this show. I mean, it never. Brittany never says bisexual on the show, no. um, and it's unfortunate that they. You know, it, it's one of those things that, yes, you horribly get it from the straight community, but also from the gay community that bisexuals just don't seem to fit. And I don't even understand because I'm like, bisexual is like the best of the post world. So I don't even know, like, why people would be putting that down when, you know, I don't know. So. Yeah, I get, like, I, I don't mind if a character like Santana has these opinions. That's fine. I just feel like someone needs to call her out on it and nobody ever yeah. does. And that's the right. problem. And the fact that da- Danny's saying seems to be feeling the same thing. Right. Yeah. I'm just not here so, for it. But. All right. Uh, let's talk about <laughs> Rachel a little bit because I think she's got, uh, you know, this is the, this and the other episode. I love season five, Rachel. I like that. She kind of starts to come back into being that crazy antic season one, Rachel, um, that I really fell in love with when I first saw the show. And, I love her ribbing of Santana, like all through the whole thing. She's like teasing Santana, and um, I the love lesbian like, matchmaker. Like, again, total yeah. lesbian matchmaker. Yeah. <laughs> that accent, I'm tired. I can't do it. I'm, I was about to try, but I'm not going to. When she says I'm tired, it's just amazing. Oh, <laughs> um, and and she's really like, you know, she's like, I'm gonna, I'm, no, it's not. Don't worry about me getting fanny. I'm just going to go ahead and, and do this, and I'm going to play, you know, bottom and midsummer night. Well, she gets fanny anyway. <laughs> I don't know. I mi- might have missed something. Oh, all I, I said was, yeah, she has all these. She makes all these contingency plans, and then she gets fanny anyway. Well, I think it's just the show trying to, you know, play up tension. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, before I get to Kurt, though, I want to say one thing about um, the ending when they're in the diner. And Sandan has the big box of yeast to stat with her. And, mm-hmm. like, I love this really random moment where the cafe manager, Gunther, just comes and picks it up. And she's just like, hey, that's my yeast stat. Gunther, what the hell? And it's just so funny. <laughs> the way she does that line is just hilarious. Um, so, but, um, so, yeah, Kurt's role um, in this whole thing is very limited. I mean, it's not <laughs> like he got a lot in the previous episode. But, no. I mean, and, <laughs> but it's... Anyway, Although, I mean, it's been however many years, and I still watch these episodes, and I look for the ring. I like, know. It's like, I, it's, I can't help it. <laughs> it's been that entire, like, get back performance looking for it. <laughs> um, so I knew it was there. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about the piano tuning for a second. Yeah. Um, That is not how you would tune a piano. I I am so annoyed by this. I get that they wanted to have them as props to jump on, but you would not have a student tuning your piano and you would not do the piano tuning with a bunch of other piano tuners in the same room because you couldn't (laughs) hear the damn notes. So every time I watch this scene and they start and like, and she's trying to tune a piano, I'm like, she would not know how to tune it, but whatever, whatever. We're just going to ignore that. Um, (laughs) So trying to explain it. Like, you know, they don't. I like how they went out of their way to try and explain why all these pianos are in one room. I'm like, normally you wouldn't even bother. Like, why? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
This is never mentioned again. Like, <laughs> all right. Oh my god! You would not, and you wouldn't move the pianos into one yep. room anyway. You would just go from room up. to room. Like, <laughs> oh my god! Uh. <laughs> so anyway, um, and Kurt unfortunately goes back to his little role of emotional support for Rachel. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Okay. I mean, at this point, I'm just numb to it. Um. <laughs> As I said, there there is one one throwaway line in this little conversation where she's where where Rachel's lamenting the fact that you know oh everything's going right for everyone else Santana's got a commercial and you just got engaged and then what I can't I wrote it down what's Kurt's exact words he's like I'm not putting all of my happiness on it oh and I was like boy did you speak to Blaine because I have a feeling he might be (laughs) (laughs) but like far be it for me to like obviously this is gonna I feel like this is all set up for what's going to happen and it breaks my heart to know that it's going to happen, but it's, I guess it's there. But if the show actually showed them having any kind of conversation, maybe they wouldn't, we wouldn't have these problems. But anyway. Now, sometimes it's funny to me that the show will give them problems based on their own writing issues. Yeah. Like, Blaine yeah. doesn't have any friends because they didn't show him talking to anybody, you know, that kind of thing. Um, it, it's just funny to me that they know some of their writing flaws and then they end up writing them into the plot. Oh, this episode was full of them, mostly because of Sue. Um, <laughs> but I think we'll get to those. But yeah. it was more the same the thing that frustrated me the most was that, yes, this is one throwaway line that Kurt says to Rachel. It's more than he says to Blaine in like, he said what yes to him in the end of the last episode, and that was like it. <laughs> yes, and then they didn't um, confess. No, but you you know what the interesting thing is going forward is that the engagement will actually be brought up more often on the New York side than it will on the Lima side. Yeah. Um. So, so Kurt will mention it. He'll be like, "What does Blaine think?" Or you know, this or that, and Blaine doesn't mention anything at all for like yeah. <laughs> until episode six. Um, but anyway, um, sorry, I turned the salt up. I just wanted them to have a conversation about this. (laughs) No, that's fine. It's reasonable. This is what they do. They, after like they starting with the first time, actually, you know what? Let's even go back to the original song. Something (laughs) big will happen. And then the next episode, it's like, eh, whatever. Like, we're not going to even like (laughs) acknowledge that it happened. Yeah, It happened. You all saw it. We know you did, but that's it. That's it. We don't get any follow through. No, and it's unfortunate, and it's really, really, I think the worst is after the wedding, though, when they don't even oh. acknowledge, uh, whatever. But look, this is yeah. what, I mean, I get, this is what fan fiction is for, and fortunately, we have plenty of people that have filled in the gaps, but I just, you know, wish mm-hmm. I could have seen some of it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and then, so, then we get uh, Rachel and Kurt singing Get Back. And I don't. I don't like this song. I'm sorry. No, I don't. I think it's like, yeah. I don't like either of them on it. <laughs> I don't like that. No, it's. It doesn't suit them. Their voices. Yeah. No. <laughs> it's fun them jumping on the pianos. It's kind of cute. Yeah. But, you know, and I always think of Santana's season six rant where she calls Kurt out on his dancing and he hits all of the. You know, <laughs> he does. He does everything. <laughs> like the. <laughs> finger wag and the hip twirl and the shimmy, shimmy. And the jumping on pianos and and it, that like kicky thingy does <laughs> yeah 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 i They're think they there. taught 
they must have taught early on, they must have taught Chris like five or six moves and he's just stuck with that. They're they're a go to. But I did read I didn't read all of Naya Rivera's book, but I, the the bit that, that she talked early on in it about dancing and they she said that it was quickly obvious that basically uh uh Chris Colfer just <laughs> had no he you know, he could learn the basic steps but he didn't have the rhythm. Right. So they sort of they let him just do his thing. So she actually put that in a book. So maybe that's why he has yeah. his well, you can, moves. They're the ones you, he can do. You can kind of tell this season that they just start let, letting Chris kind of do what he would like in his musical numbers because yeah. it's not choreographed. It's just dancing mm. on pianos. It, it just it, It's yeah. ridiculous. Well, you so. most of the choreographed numbers end up on the Lima side. Not all of them, but I feel mm-hmm. like a lot of them do. Yeah. yeah. Um but yeah, this isn't this isn't really the best vocally for them because it's kind of a gritty and raw song and this I don't you know, I get the point. I get it. they're yeah. like to get back to the person that you used to be and and it, it's true for them, but but it vocally it doesn't necessarily work. This is not their best humbleberry. So. No. no. And I will say the only thing Again, like spend half the musical number looking for the ring, and the other half realizing that this is the outfit that Chris is wearing when um, he and Darren did that interview that everyone was like dying to see that behind the scenes one. I don't know if any of you oh, remember. Oh, the it. one with it. It's the one where you, um, Chris is like the best thing out of the 90s. Yeah, yeah, like, wrong my birth. Ah. Yeah. And Chris yeah. says, no, my birth. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that one. <laughs> Oh man! You know Mia did all of those starting yeah, she with the season. She did all of the. Um, so shout out to that because she really was an advocate for getting the two of them to do things together. So oh, God, um, yeah. Also the one when she finally got them to do stuff at that uh, that goddamn wedding episode. Like, oh, but did she ever before? <laughs> so getting back into it. Um. So yeah, this kind of it's kind of funny that this whole scene is a Rachel emotional support, but it doesn't necessarily feel as bad or as heavy. Um. Rachel kind of just Rachel is shown to get back into it though, and then she eventually does get Fanny later, like the very end of the episode. She... Which feels makes the rest of this feel kind of pointless. Yeah, <laughs> that's a common theme for for Rachel, where she's like, "I never get anything. I'm gonna well, 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 force me." Like with the um, uh, prom queen, she won prom queen. Like this reminded <laughs> me of of that because this episode has the prom prominent. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Like, oh, poor Rachel, she doesn't get anything. So Santana and Quinn are like, yeah, let's give Rachel prom queen. Like, because that's supposed make, to make her feel better. That makes yeah. total sense in the world. Like, oh boy, she she goes through like, oh, my life is ruined. I never get anything. I'm going to be a, uh, like I'm gonna actually have to work at being <laughs> an actress and get shitty roles like every other actor and actually like put in my dues but no no I can get a breakout Broadway role like (laughs) episode and it's so funny because I I can't say that it never happens because obviously Chris Colfer had you know auditions of other places but he legitimately like got a gig and his first big gig was Glee and so yeah it can happen but 
you know, it's still, like, he put in a lot of hard work. I mean, he did go to a lot of really crappy auditions, and, you know, he was very ambitious. But Rachel, it's the, just the show feels like it just keeps handing her. Like, we don't get to see as much of the work that they, she keeps saying that she does. So Yeah, and, and seriously, Leah Michelle in real life, she's been in doing Broadway since she was, like, kid, yeah, a child. Mm-hmm. And as she's been putting in the work and putting in the juice and going to auditions and, and going to like dance classes and, and music classes. And like, like she, she earned it when she went to, when she got her break in spring awakening. Like, and, and so like, I wonder what she thinks of, of (laughs) Rachel, like just moving from little town in, in Ohio, like, and, I, and I getting... suspect she laughs at it as much as we do. I just think <laughs> that's the glee we are in. Yeah. <laughs> Rachel's struggle, you know, is not real. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the one last scene that I wanted to talk about, though, is when Kurt joins the diner. And he comes in, <laughs> and he's so cute with his, hey, ladies. Yeah. Whatever he says. Um, and... He is. <laughs> but I... I it's... Uh, they make a pact to stay oh my God, yes. for two yes. years. And it's such a cop out because they, they, I mean, cause this is still last year and they, what they mean is through the end of the season. Um, but they um, bring it back in the, in the first episode of season uh, six. They, they more like that. they made a promise to meet up cause they make a promise at the end right. of the season to like come back to this one spot and meet. Well then, you know, they all break their promises. They all break their packs. <laughs> well, that's kind of part of the whole loser like me thing. But getting let's yeah. get me ahead of us. Let's not talk about that yeah. right now. <laughs> um, Sorry, this this episode apparently seems to like have themes that maybe run throughout the rest of the season. Who knew? They do. I, I really oh, no, it's Pam, interesting. I do that every time I'm on. What's well, like, okay? I, <laughs> like, I still love you. It's okay. Maybe it's me. Maybe it's <laughs> no, like, it's not. I just, yeah, I, <laughs> I just do it all the time. Themes running through and like, oh, this reminds me of that, and this reminds well, that's, me of that. Like, but that's that's good. I mean, um, the show as a whole, not as like, yeah. That's one of the nice things about doing the podcast with a closed canon is that we can take a look at it and go, oh, maybe there are some things that they planned out the whole time. Maybe there are themes that run through this entire show, which is fine, Carly. I think that's fantastic. I just, it's kind of funny when I'm like, oh, wait a minute, we shouldn't get too ahead of ourselves. We should really focus on what we're doing. So it's not at you personally at all. It's just kind of yeah. like, oh, yeah, no. It's interesting. The the lines that, that at times we thought were going to be desperately important and have real relevance that turn out to be complete throwaways that nobody ever goes back to and mm. <laughs> and others that maybe we didn't quite get and that yeah you could you know with the benefit of hindsight you can see the where the plotting was going but at the mm-hmm. time a bit like you know what the hell is that but it's, yeah. it's interesting but yeah some of these things that we thought had huge portents uh, 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 absolutely none at all are you <laughs> no, talking about Blaine's about family that. um well that is one of them (laughs) um but like specifically with this line i just wondered because obviously this season eventually goes into this feud with rachel and santana where they get like real 
It starts getting really mean and nasty. Do you think they had that planned when they were like, oh, yeah, we're going to make a pact and we're going to be super duper friends? I don't and all this know. Kind of stuff? I want it just I think it depends on how much Naya and Leah were not getting along at this point. Oh, yeah, true. I, can, so I completely I, forgot about that. Also, didn't those first two scripts, weren't they scripts? They didn't do they played clearly have played with it a little bit we'll come to that with the sam and nurse penny thing but yeah yeah don't i remember that these first two episodes were ones that they sort of just did uh quickly and at the time that um glee had been picked up for a further two seasons so maybe it was something that just didn't get caught from that point of view because they didn't know at that time season six was going to be pulled short uh they didn't you know mm-hmm. uh, maybe in that because those two those two were episodes they just maybe did a did, bit of tinkering with they they didn't do the rewrite that they did with the later episodes or well and these two episodes were actually written at the end of season four like they Wrote the end of season four, then they wrote these two, and then they went on a break, and then Corey died. Yeah, so and that's, that's kind of question. what I mean. Maybe they had different. They were they were written when they had uh, maybe a different uh, arc. So, well, they not maybe they absolutely did have a different uh, ending in, in sight. So maybe that's just something that, in with everything else, just got left and would have had a significance it then just didn't get because things mm-hmm. changed. Well, well I, I think they knew... Oh, go ahead. No, I just got a question. I, I don't know whether I'm making this up because this happened so long ago, but am I, I, do, am I the only one that... In my mind, I thought the Beatles tribute episodes were originally meant to be episodes three and four of the season, not episodes one and two, and then things got a bit shuffled around, or is that just something that I've made up mm. in my head? I don't know. I thought they were written to be the premiere. Okay, they were I don't know. I was just so asking. But I, you're right. It's been so long. Yeah, exactly. I don't remember very much about it. So I also wonder why they, like, I mean, to the, the two years make sense in, like, all of those kind of uh, imaginings. But, like, the for the characters, it doesn't make sense because they're in their first year of what I assume is a four-year college. So why two years that they're planning on staying in New York? And yeah, the right because the writers don't. The writers <laughs> wanted to. It's just for the right. They I think they, that they, when they, they forget they're in college. <laughs> yeah, basically. But I think also they knew when they got the five-six contract. I'm pretty sure they knew that they were going to bring everybody back for season six and mm. tie it up. I think that it was always yeah. a plan to bring, come back to Lima and end it in Lima, but yeah. they also had the plan that Corey was going to be there. So like, as we find out in the next episode, Rachel was going to go back and you know, then she's there and I'm sure Clayne was going to be happily ever after in, in New York, but like, you know, the different threads, threads were going to go different places and season six would have been vastly, vastly different. Mm. Yeah. Um, so very heavily Rachel and Finn focused, I'm sure. Yep. Well, actually, yeah. okay. I do want to ask this just because we're still sort of on the Rachel subject, and I don't know how much you touched upon this when you did Love, 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 but how do we feel about the fact that the show just does not mention Finn at all? Like they don't touch. Like the, he's oh. literally like everybody knows that he's not there for a reason, but the show like is waiting for the quarterback to deal with it. But I don't know. Like I'm fine with it. I just wondered. 
Like, does anyone? Um, yeah, we didn't really touch upon that, except for when we talked about the proposal that we mentioned that Finn not being there felt glaring. I I think that it was an intentional point to say, hey, this story exists before the quarterback and before Finn's passing. We want the characters to have this nice moment, or at least you know, Kurt Blade have this nice moment, and um, Rachel getting Fanny is this nice moment before giving you the the sadness. So. Um, we're just not going to deal with it. We're not going to talk about it. We're not going to mention it. So you can input that that Finn knew things. I mean, you could write around the fact that, yeah. you know, it's it's just a mission. It's not like completely, you know, it, they, he was they, there. But go ahead. Sorry. They kind of like they didn't really mention him at all. All at the end of season four, when like after Corey went to rehab, like his last episode uh, he had the conversation with Rachel on the phone, and then like we don't see him after that. That's his last last scene, um, and they don't really talk about him for the rest of the season either. So like it, it, it's not glaringly obvious that he's not there, other than like at the the proposal because like he would be there. But, I think. More or less, they didn't want to draw to it, the attention to it because Corey yeah. was in rehab, and it wasn't like, "Hey, Corey is sick, and you know we're worried about him." Or Corey had a movie, and he's doing that. But it because like you know when Darren went off to Broadway for a, you know an episode, they're like, "Oh yeah, you know, you know." But they literally wrote him out. Yeah, uh, but um, I think that they knew that Corey was going through a hard time, and they did not want to really touch upon that within the fiction. So at least that's my. Like- I feel like yes. this was always going to be a lose-lose situation because obviously everybody who's tuning in was tuning in to watch these first two episodes. Like we, everybody knew the circumstances that the show was in, mm-hmm. and so that so they're not going to bring it up. But everybody knows that 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 he he's passed away, so it's like glaringly obvious that he's not there. But of course, they're like we're waiting. We, we have a special episode dedicated to what happened, and we're waiting for episode three, and it's just. As I said, I've got no issues with what they did. I think it's fine and it works really well, but it's just like, I don't know, like what else could they have done? I think they they lose either way. Right. Um, So one last thing before we go to the Lima side, I just want to say that when they make their pact, I think the funniest thing is other than Rachel's monologue where she's like, you know, talking about how she's special again and it totally feels like season one Rachel again. Um, yeah. Is that when they go in and she comments on Santana's long fingernails? And <laughs> yeah. And, and my just, mind went, Santana has got a new girlfriend? Like, <laughs> she she may be cutting those soon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. No, so. and I just want to say, because again, I forgot a whole heap of people were in this episode, but um, P- Peter Faginelli at the end, I was like, hey, it's Carlisle Cullen. Mm-hmm. I forgot he was in this too. Yeah, I don't remember the guy that played, because he plays the director, but the guy that plays her love interest in, in Funny Girl is oh, also yeah. a, a, a guess. It's a name, it's, but I feel like it's Ewan, Ewan Griffin. Yeah. Yeah. Though it's it is Ewan really Griffin. weird when you think about the fact that there's this, a, legitimate adult playing against an 18 year old yeah. and it's a little icky to me but that's just me well actually while, while we're on the subject of adult I, I assume we'll get to let it be but i found it amusing that they've obviously gotten alcohol and i was like which one of you bought the alcohol you're Danny. not old enough to buy alcohol <laughs> we don't 21. know that 
Danny could be because at this point, um, Kurt would be twenty. That's true. Or turning twenty. Um, in a new dumb country, you can't buy alcohol to you're twenty-one. Meanwhile, yeah. we yeah. could do it at eighteen. But Danny could so, be, so we don't know true. if Danny is. So I guess yeah, Rachel and Kurt. Yeah, like but like you can't but... get alcohol. That's 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 a different thing in the U.S. Like you could get it before you're. That's 20. true. Not legitimately. <laughs> <laughs> that is like a fancy <laughs> bottle of champagne. College students yeah. get alcohol. Yeah, but that's a, that was a fancy bottle of champagne. That's okay. She's going to have a bottle of limoncello in episode <laughs> four. Where'd she get that? <laughs> I don't know. Anyway. Um, okay, so uh, <laughs> anything else about New York before we kind of jump over to Lima? No? Okay, cool. Me, All right. Me, me hang on. Me, t- I mean, I feel like this is a summary of this whole season, but needed more cut. Oh, yeah. Everything post season three. You know what? Even in season three, they need more Kurt. Um, <laughs> why is the whole show not just about Kurt? I don't understand. So, okay. Um, jumping over to Lima, let's start off with Sam and Nurse Penny. <laughs> Again, I forgot she was in this episode. Oh, this man. actress, okay. this actress, it's just such a strange thing to remember her from. But um, one of my favorite shows is Thirty Rock, and she's a guest star in just some random episode of Thirty Rock. And every time I see her in Glee, that's all I can think about. She plays like this this pregnant teenager hmm. whose lemon wants the baby off. Very strange, but yeah. Well, you know, so I thought it weird. was really weird. Like, but she's a sophomore in college, so she's actually not that much older than Sam. Like, no. Back when I first watched it, I thought, oh, it's an adult. It's a nurse. She like. I, I mean, I heard the sophomore line, but it went through my one ear and out the other. And I was just like, she's an adult. He's a teenager. This is wrong. But, like, no, they're only a year and a half to two years different in age. Like, yeah. Let's hope Sam was 18 at this point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, it is a little squicky in, in some respects, though. I mean, she is a teacher. <coughs> And well, not even tea. like. Here's the other thing: is she wouldn't be the school n- nurse. <laughs> no, I mean she's still a sophomore. There's no way. I mean, granted, if Terry Schuster could be the school nurse, you know, yeah, Nurse Penny at least has more <laughs> knowledge than Terry Schuster. So obviously, the school doesn't care. But um, she is horrible uh, too. Yeah, she was really bad at her job. Um, Wait, who? Penny or Terry? Because they're both pretty bad. That's true. <laughs> Penny is bad for being somebody who's supposed to be in the medical profession. Yeah, she's um, actually administering like vaccinations, whereas Terry was only giving people uh, like uh, cold, over-the-counter cold medicine. Yeah, I don't want to dwell on it too much, but Penny also like mixed some stuff up that shouldn't be mixed up, and yeah. every time that it yeah. just grosses me out beyond belief i'm like oh i can't she's taking that. a urine sample yeah. and giving a <laughs> vaccination and mix up the vials no yeah like how can you even do that like oh gross so um and as kind of we were talking about and she rightfully gets fired and then he he like helps her get her job back like takes one for the team in the ass <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. But this is the thing. Why do you need a jab in the ass? Your arm would have worked just fine. Right. Yeah, because they want to be funny about it, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I think. Um, 
you something kind of tied into what we were talking about before. Do we think that Penny probably was originally a love interest for Finn? I thought I she legitimately was. was. Yeah, I was going to say, I thought that was something. Uh, 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 is Maybe that's me making that up. But I thought there was talk at the time that that actually was, again, that was where they, they these episodes were already written and they just adapted them slightly in the because wasn't she that actress was signed up for these few episodes so mm-hmm. they did something with her and it and sam because when you think about it, if it had been finn it would have i think it would have made far more sense it would have been a you know his mid game as it were but oh, right. yeah, it, it would make sense because he he was going to college probably yeah. at the same college as penny and like yeah yeah i mean that would make sense but like they adapted it yeah. Sort of okay for they're like for we Sam. already have the actress in the role. Let's just which dude are we gonna choose this time? Well, Sam's the only one. Poor uh, Sam. Right. So let's talk about Sam and like, everybody. <laughs> I actually wrote down poor Sam when I watched yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's talking about how unlucky in love he is. He even talks to like Will about it because he's yes. like, you know, is there a Beatles song about when you're dra- dra- dumped by a not really attractive girl that you didn't really yes. want to date anyway? <laughs> no, and I, I actually wrote down in my notes, I was like, Sam, you're not helping with Will and his like over like over commitment to you guys. Like, step, well, don't be asking Will for advice, please. Sam, to invest Sam has like an ideation for, for Will and for like, like there's an episode. It's a it's a throwaway line where he's like, um, "Oh, it's it's the drinking episode." No, no, he wasn't in that. But like something about uh, um, getting the keys to Will Tauser. I don't I don't know. He he's he gets really excited when Will treats him like I don't know fatherly. It's it's a little theme that is it, it picks up every so often and it's it it's very throwaway, but like he's always been like that, Sam has. I think though yeah, they they're starting to fill in Sam as a thin replacement. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, that's which true. is yeah. a little unfortunate that they do that. Um Yeah, not but... only with the love interest, but with Will, like Yeah. Poor Sam. Oh man, because Sam is not designed to be like when they throw him in, and, and, and obviously we'll talk about this in City of Angels, but when he's like, "You're gonna lead this team," and, and it's like, "What? Like, what the hell? Like, not okay. really." That's also that. Uh, yeah, because like Blaine put in so much work as the leader of the team, and then he's like, "Yeah, Sam, you're gonna lead the team," but yeah, it's a different yeah. episode. Uh, so, and Will's the yeah. worst. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Yes, <laughs> bears repeating. Um. So, what do we think of Sam and, and Penny's short-lived little relationship? Well, again, yeah. I'm salty <laughs> because they get a damn musical number <laughs> for a mid-game that doesn't go anywhere. I mean, it's cute and it's like as uh, it's kind of played for the laughs and whatever. And I like Sam and I'm sorry, Ryder and Jake being all like his backup. Yeah. <laughs> but but as I said, like I have two songs in one episode that just don't go anywhere. 
and I'm really mad about it. That's okay because I felt we we talked about in the first episode how Kitty and Artie got two songs, and yeah. I was like, really? Like, did they really need to? Like, you <laughs> they, given... they were cute, definite. Like, I I like Kitty and Artie were like one couple that I didn't expect to really like, and I was really on board with. Which I I think had more to do with Becker and Kevin. But either way, but you're right. Mm, They got two whole songs. (laughs) Yeah. You can tell they wanted to fit. I mean, and unlike, I mean, there are sometimes there's tribute episodes where it's really like, okay, are they really going to fit one more song in here? And I don't think the Beatles episodes are that bad with that. Um, But yeah, sometimes it's a little like, okay, they're kind of really wrapping around, you know, the song. Like something was kind of out of its way to like... But I do appreciate that it's funny. I mean, this song is a, is a love song, and, and it's really kind of, you know, it's meant to be just a simple love song, and they make it hilarious. They just kind of go a little crazy with the, you know, comedy Sam, of it. Sam doesn't get that many solos. Like, I was, no. as I was watching, I was trying to think of some of his other ones, and he really doesn't have that many. No. No. And I, I think, not. yeah, this, kind of, this comes back to the fact that they had the actress and they had the role – and they kind of had to do something with it. So, yeah, yeah Sam doesn't get I plot get lines for no. outside of his uh, love interests, which is unfortunate. It made or me really sad when he said something about his like personality being radioactive. You can't spend that much time around it. And I felt so sad. Yeah. I was like, well, and but, but I'm like, Blaine is right there, Sam. Like, yeah, you have all Blaine, your impressions. And you're, <laughs> That delivery is amazing, but it made me really sad. I was like, Blaine, really? You can't think of anything else? <laughs> of your impressions? <laughs> and your, your impressions? impressions. Uh, well, I can see Blaine and Sam being very bro-ish and, like, talking about video games and comic books and just things that I'm thinking they think that girls don't want to talk about. But even though there are plenty of girls who'd love to talk about that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um and, and then, you know, kind of gets into it a little bit now that I think of it in, in four when, you know, with the whole like Skrillex thing and the Katie versus God, whatever. I'm jumping ahead of myself now. But, um, <laughs> yeah, let's talk about Blaine and Artie being <laughs> Sam's wingmen, which is really cute, too. <laughs> so. Did you bite yourself? No, it's a snake bite. It, just, it looks like somebody with a really large mouth. But <laughs> Oh, so. also just just because I, 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 we're not to talk about Blade a super lot because he doesn't have a lot to do in this episode. I noticed that his locker still has all like the pictures of Kurt in it, and that made me happy. Um, well, yeah, <clears throat> let's talk about that line at the very beginning too, where Sam's like, "What? What? You guys get married? Who gets whose last name?" And I like that they don't answer the question. Yeah, just like I'm just happy. We never find out too. No, but I love no. that little scene right at the beginning, you know, with Sam laid out on the piano. <laughs> yeah, it's really cute. Actually, I don't know if you, this is a post, I think of it every time I see this. There was a post going around, where is the picture? I think it was the picture from this episode. It might not have been, but it was like playing in a, like a plain blue polo and then playing in this polo. And it was like cupcake and cupcake with sprinkles. And it's all I can think of every time I see it. It might not be this one. This one might have teddy bears on it. I forget. But anyway. Oh, my God. But Blaine and his polo shirts. Sprinkles. <laughs> oh. One of my favorites. But just because, just to give people an idea of when we're recording this, we're recording this during the time period in which American Crime Story is airing. Just yeah. the difference with Darren and his bloody 
eyes. I can't get over it. Oh, yeah. yeah. We'll have to do a separate podcast for that because. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, not a cupcake with sprinkles. No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who's doing bash with me, but those poor souls are going to have like a trigger warning on that podcast. So, uh, um, when I uh, make parallels when we get there. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no. Kudos to Darren for being able to change himself so, so much. Um, can't get rid of the, from those polo shirts though. Yeah, uh, <laughs> not quite as yeah. well fitting. Mm. Oh my God, no. <laughs> well, it was the '90s back then. I mean, I nobody know. wore tight clothing back then. Um, but yeah, Blaine doesn't have a whole lot to do in no. this episode. But I mean, yeah, he had a lot to do in the first one, so that usually well, what happens. Well, you're talking about Kurt being moral support Blaine is like that is his role in this episode he's like oh Tina like you'll be good you'll be okay oh Sam I'll help you get your girl like his, his, that's that's his role in this episode yeah and I keep I kept thinking stuff that happens in episode four happened in this one and I was going through I'm like oh wait a minute that's not until episode four is it when he is talking about like when Sam goes off about Nickelodeon and and Kurt is at uh, Kurt and Blaine is all like, yeah, you know, you're really sweet and you know, you whatever. It just, I'm like, oh, I want more of it, but it's not until episode four. So, <laughs> um, he so. could only think of his impressions, and he had this huge, huge, huge crush on on Sam. Well, he was like, trying to think of things that were not about his looks. I mean, like a lot of, you know. Some of that crush was definitely how Sam looked. Oh, but. definitely. But he he also, like, I don't know, he, I think he waxed a little more poetically when he had his crush about Sam. Maybe he's, like, totally in the, oh, I forgot other guys exist because I'm engaged now kind yeah. of mindset. Um. Um, so yeah, there's not really a whole lot with the the rest of the Sam and Penny stuff. Um, really, what takes up a majority of this episode, my awkward segue, um, is <laughs> the prom stuff. And Tina, and, it, and Tina, like the the uh, name of the episode has her name in it. Like, it does. So, not very many. So it should be about her. Okay, she needs an episode. <laughs> give her an episode. Well, this is what give, happens when give you her give her Tina a an episode. Song. <laughs> oh my god oh that is so funny i it's i have to funny. say i have to say because i'm sorry because it, oh, it's a joke at this point where she always breaks down crying and they cut her off that i i'm sad that she didn't get the full song but it is absolutely hilarious that she starts <laughs> oh, it's, singing revolution it's so funny and then it just cuts off yeah <laughs> did they ever is, uh release revolution like yeah the that's the thing is that it's obvious that they like recorded a full version of it because it's like fully instrumental and like it's they like, should have released it. Yeah, like, they didn't release it. No. I love it. Was a good song. She sounded fine on that. It was great. She sounded really good in the bit I we were about to But um, let's back up just a second. Let's talk about like so they announced I, I did two like pull these names out of a hat. Cause like, the Brett yeah. the Brenda. But I feel like I'm always on episodes that have Stoner Brett because I said fandom had a weird obsession with Stoner Brett in season three. Like, I, I don't know why. They just really liked him. And funny. here he is again. Probably because it's a, it's a 
weed joke that like <laughs> gets under the sensors. I mean, he's high all the time, but like, <laughs> and I have to say, the at the time, I can remember being so so pissed that Blaine wasn't prompting. Yeah. The only thing that made it better for me was that Blaine didn't get a bucket on the head. <laughs> yes, yeah. Well, and I, I don't think it's really funny that that Blaine is has that whole like oh I don't I don't really care but you could tell he cares and he yeah. it up later he's like I would have been prom queen if there weren't so many many started donors, donors. <laughs> yeah <laughs> like oh my he's harboring it but no no I'm fine I well and I love the fourth wall breaks in like Sam's like oh, wait seriously I didn't get nominated and then Kitty is like I'm a sophomore like yeah, yeah. <laughs> they just don't care they they obviously picked certain things for you know um, plot purposes and I love when the show knows that they're doing that and they go out of their way to be funny about it like we know this is ridiculous but we're going to do it anyway they actually right, gave so. that great girl a name in this yeah oh, they did, they? did. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, I think she was Jordan maybe yeah I think so, mm-hmm. so I mean um, we forgot it when she announced the winner but yeah <laughs> called her neck brace to your again but you know um so let's talk about tina and her attitude and how i mean she dumps sam and she says i'm gonna go for all out for prom queen she's like crazy mix between quinn and rachel about this title um i don't know what you guys have to what do you think about tina before we get to prom (laughs) well this is the thing is that You'd think that people would, at least as a group, the New Directions would have talked about this whole prom queen situation. If Tina is the biggest gossip that we are led to believe that she is, surely she would have known that the year before, the only reason that Rachel won was because of Quinn and Santana. The year before that, Kurt got voted prom queen. That was maybe not the best situation. I don't quite understand why it's something that she wants, given the the history of the show with the prom queen. Tina just wants to win something. Like she, yeah. but she won something last year because she never wins anything. I say last year. I meant the season before. It's still this year. Yeah, it's but, still this year. <laughs> yeah, I'm two bit, months it, ago it, she won yeah, Diva. Yeah. Not that long ago. Oh yeah, she won Diva. Like yeah, yeah. And she, I, I feel like. Do you guys watch the middle at all? Do what? Watch the middle at all? No, I'm not seeing that show. No. It's um the the character Sue Hack. Uh, she like tries to make everything like she has this is going to be Sue Heck's year like <clears throat> that's that's kind of how I feel Tina only Sue has a much better like attitude about it Tina Tina wants to she she like sees her life as this and she doesn't get it like she sees herself as a lead singer. She sees herself as a, a diva, and she's always backup. And she's always like, uh, so like, um, prom queen is kind of symbolic for her. That like, it's the the pinnacle of high school, whatever. And even though like in real life it's not, but in in Hollywood life, in in TV, yeah. and movies, in TV it's always, shows. It's always like if you're a prom queen, you're the the ruler of the school. But like but, this is just something because it, it jogged my mind when you you spoke of, with speaking 
earlier when we were talking about how Rachel kind of get, just gets things handed to her, sort of not. I mean, well, from what we see, we we are told she works really hard, but we never really see it. I mean, I'm sure we'll get to talking about Tina and Kurt parallels with the prom queen stuff, but I just found it really interesting to parallel kind of Rachel and Tina because Rachel's kind of everything that Tina wants to be, but never quite, um, in some respects, but never quite gets there Mm -hmm. in terms of like being the lead singer and being prom queen and all that kind of stuff. You know, and there's an interesting story there in that there is always going to be somebody who is just, behind the person that always gets everything, you know, like the person Mm. that always has to struggle and always has to work and never really comes out ahead. But I don't know if I've always really enjoyed the execution of it in the story. Um, And And I think it's... It's been put up for humor. Like, yeah, it's been played for humor instead of... The thing is, is that at the end of season three, Rachel literally says, like, here's me passing you, like, the crown. You are now me i think it happens in props yeah yeah and the show obviously took a turn when they introduced some new characters and then blaine kind of became the new rachel but again it's this story that it was a show kind of creating a storyline and then not following through with it but i I think they kind of do like they because she mentioned this in the new rachel um that like Rachel bestowed upon me this this role of being the the new Rachel and being like this this is gonna be my year and like this is what I was told last year and but the show didn't like follow through on that it mm-hmm. it went in the other direction it was like oh yeah you were told that but it's that's totally not what you're getting and yeah like, but the theme of her ambition it may not be consistent throughout, but that through four, five has been, was there, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Say, may not be played consistently, but the mm-hmm. theme comes up every now and again about her having that huge ambition, and you know whether it's through Diva, those first couple of episodes when you see Dottie being her assistant, then mm-hmm. uh, and her being a little bit high-handed, that kind of. Uh, th- that that does come up every now and again, just may- maybe not very consistently. I think that's the. Well, I it, think it kind of does. Like she, in the first couple episodes of season four, yeah, she has Dottie, and she she thinks yeah. she's going to be like the leader, the the lead um, female of the Glee club, and then like uh, West Side's no, no. Not West Side, sorry. Um, Green. Comes, and she gets a smaller role. And then um, uh, Unique is pulled out of the role. And she's like, oh, I'll take that role. Like, this is my moment. And then she's replaced by Santana. And, like, so it, it's consistent. Where she gets the, the, um, the solo in... Oh, Gunnam stuff. And then they lose sectionals because of Marley. And then, like, it's, it's, it is sort of consistent throughout. Like, um, she, she's kind of going through, like, towards the nervous breakdown at, at the point Tina comes. This is a problem that I have with this episode because the ending is really 
really lovely and uplifting. And I really appreciate how they all come together. And this is something that hopefully we can talk about when it comes to, again, talking about parallels with Kurt and Prom Queen. But the problem is, is that I find that the show has kind of built Tina up to be this character that is the butt of the joke. And so it's very difficult to take this moment that, that they've created as something really, like, genuine. It doesn't feel, like, genuine. Because, as I said, like, we're not – maybe we're supposed to feel sorry for Tina, but the show hasn't really helped us to do that. Um, I don't I know. Do. Maybe I that's mean, just – no, I, I mean, I do, I'm but I feel like it's, like it's gone out of its way at some point to make her the butt of the joke, and then it's very hard then to take a genuine moment. And, like, I do yeah. feel sorry for her, but I could see how somebody might not. I it's I think what maybe to distill what you're saying is that um, you have all of this comedy and all this you know Tina is played up for laughs and it's a joke and she's not really Rachel is funny and then you go into this really serious moment and the juxtaposition doesn't necessarily work as sincere mm-hmm. um, is what. I see as you're saying. So yeah, I mean, as I said, I still like, like, I really like the moment, but when you kind of bring it all in together, sometimes if you try and think about the greater context, maybe that sours it just a little bit. It's hard to watch it from your place of caring. I think is the, yeah. (laughs) And that's not, that's not to say that I don't love Tina because I do, but I just find it really hard sometimes. And this, I think is a problem with the show, not knowing what they really want to do with it. Well, and I was going to say earlier that I think one of the biggest problems the show has is that if you're not Rachel and even Rachel has issues, the show doesn't know what to do with women. Um, It just hates women, (laughs) but it, you know, and they said that ironically because, like, they don't know what they're doing. I don't think they hated women. They just don't understand them. And, I mean, when you have a gay man and two other, you know, straight dudes writing these guys, these characters, I know there were women on the writing staff. I don't think there was – there were. I think there was only one at a time. Yeah. And I don't think they had a lot of input. So I think that translates sometimes. So – yeah. Um, before we get to actual prom, let's. I want to take a second and talk about Brie and Brie and Kitty and. Ugh. <laughs> Sorry, I really like again another character I forgot about Brie. I just don't like her at all. Yeah, I suppose we're not meant to, but yeah, like, yeah. No, what we, I, it's certainly this episode no redeeming features whatsoever. No, no. and I mean, yeah, her monologue to Kitty is sort of funny. But yeah, I didn't at the same appreciate time, it at all. It's like you know, Santana. I didn't particularly like Santana in season one because she was a bitch and because she would say all of these awful things. And so bringing Brie back and you know because they were making Kitty a more sympathetic character, yeah, they felt like they needed the mean girl again. And I mean, like at this point in the show, I feel like we're so over this. We don't need this nastiness. And I feel like it's just something that Ryan Murphy and his company they like this mean girl thing. I mean, that's mm-hmm. I feel like that's what Scream Queens was entirely. And um, so it's, 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 that a bit of, it's, it's a bit like they did really right at the back of the, uh, the beginning of season four, where we got all these new characters who were just rehashes of the original characters. 
they're doing it again a bit here where in a way that when they get to the final season that we get introduced those new characters in a much better way because they aren't just trying to do a straight rehash of what they've had in the past and i think the problem with brie is that she is that rehash in the same way but uh, as i say the season four new business right I think, and i i think we're just all tired of it by now yeah it's like can we have something different and she also, I mean, it's a vehicle for the plot. They want to set up this Carrie-esque uh, moment at prom, so they need somebody to do it. So that's, you know, but I also, it really, really bothers me that at the end of this, Coach Roz gets all upset, which is kind of funny, but then she brings it into Sue, and Sue's like, hey, do you want to be my henchman? And then yeah. no, no, you know, no repercussions. No yeah. Is awful, and I just hate that. I hate that moment when well, she's basically applauded for the nastiness that she did. But this is the thing that gets me, and I wrote it down, is that, of course, at the end of the episode, we have everybody singing together, everyone's happy. Again, I'm, I'm yelling, Will is the worst. Surely, wouldn't he be, like, making some noise? Maybe there should be some sort of repercussions, because this, this girl has done something to one of my... I, I'm saying Will because he's the only other teacher that we know in this school. But yeah. surely somebody would be like, yeah, maybe there should be some repercussions. Yeah, and even... Coach Ross says that. I mean, Coach Ross was pissed. And yeah. It just, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, it would have made more sense for it to be Will dragging her in rather than the, yeah. the, the, the random few seconds of uh, Coach Ross. Yeah. I do appreciate the delivery. I mean, every oh, time. Yeah. Yeah. Which yeah. is amazing. But yeah, I agree. You're right. It should have probably been Will. Yeah. 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 So anyway, I didn't need to talk about Brie very much. I just wanted, she's there. Well, and yeah. She's a, yeah. I just, I, you were saying before, like the season four, I feel like they've started to get their groove towards the end of season four with what to do with these new characters. Yeah. And again, I don't know how things may have been different had had um, the story not gone, how, like, what, what was their original plan for Brie? Because I feel like another thing, her, again, looking forward, but her storyline sort of, she just sort of gets dropped as a character as well. And I'm, I'm just so frustrated looking back and watching this thinking you, you're wasting all this screen time on characters that aren't going to go anywhere. Oh yeah. Well, wait till they get to season six and that whole child star episode. No. Um, <laughs> and again, um, I wonder if it is again where they've, you know, signed people up yeah. before the reality became <laughs> the reality and they, you've got to do something with them. I really wonder if that, and I think that season six, that was really apparent. They'd sign people up for stuff they had to use them for. And it, at the expense of everything else. It, I think also that the writers kind of, um, they knew how to write, you know, this choir room dynamic. Yeah, but when you get them outside, and now granted, the the New York arc ends up being one of the best arcs in the show, but they were out of their element. They didn't know how to take characters outside of it and really develop it. I mean, why do we get love triangles over and over again? Why do we get cheating over and over again? Why do we get these competition esque stories over and over again? Because that's what the writers know. So bringing in a character like Bree just is a like a way to write more that they know and not have to write more of like development of things that they seem to be uncomfortable or unable to push themselves to do, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Yeah. Very. But, um, Oh, the the only, this is kind of a random thing, but I just wanted to point this out. Um, Kitty, who is definitely softened at this point. Um, Mm. she like, 
they put up a bunch of pictures of Kitty yeah. with Olivia Munn's body, and then Kitty rips them down because every prom somebody rips stuff down a, a, yeah, a flyer. That's true. <laughs> and so I just wanted to throw that out there. But also, Artie, like they just started dating, and Artie is like, you know, you should be nicer to Tina. And of course, that's a little bit of tension that doesn't really go anywhere, but it's there for a second. Um, so yeah, but that leads to my favorite line. Like, uh, why doesn't anybody ever believe? Why doesn't? Yeah. Anybody- <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. The habitual, the habitual lying. lying. <laughs> Which is funny at this point because everybody, I think most people had warmed to Kitty at this point. I think people, like, they changed her so much that yeah. she. it's hard to go back to those early season four episodes. Oh, like, oh yeah. really hard. Yeah. Like, I oh, think yeah. She's strange. I think actually Becca Tobin won people over despite Kitty. And then the, the, the changing of the character sort of almost came with it. Mm-hmm. It makes so. you then wonder whether, like, obviously... Bree, Bree, Bree's character was literally filling in the gap that Kitty left behind. Right. Oh, yeah, that's and what it, I definitely think it is. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, but um, just because of what you were saying before. But then it's like, yeah, why do we need? Why did you need to come back to this character again? Like you just proven that you could you could evolve a character beyond this mean girl and now you're just bringing the mean girl back again. And they seem to like to write, because Sue originally did this and then Santana and then Kitty, these mean monologues, they really like doing that. Yeah. And like the show, it's like that's how they know how to write comedy and I'm like, you could be funny because there's this whole season's going to have some really great, you know, one-liners, but it, it's, sometimes they kind of fall back into that rut, which is, I think is unfortunate. So, yeah. but um, okay, so going more into prom, we get into prom. Oh, I'm going to throw this out there. Why couldn't have Blaine brought Kurt as a date to prom? Because Kurt needs what, to be in using, New York. Using that, that special, you know, the free ticket thing they have. And they, <laughs> I forget. Yeah, but they were literally, they were on the same bloody set. It's not like they're really in, separated by. Oh, no. No, absolutely. Oh. Um, I know that, I, like, I'm just, just joking. I don't, I know. I, again, it's it, clearly just no will to do it. <laughs> Can, yeah, I know. Say for an but extra Kurt needs week. to go to school sometime, though. We never see <laughs> he, him he already, school. like, he already yeah. took like two weeks off of school. Like, well, one of them I'm sure was in spring the middle break, of the but semester. I mean, one of them I think was spring break, but um. And but. also, then we did get Blaine and Unique holding hands, which oh, was, that was just really the sweet. cutest, oh, cutest yeah. background moment. So, oh. actually, we'll um, say the person who continues to have some of the best background moments in this entire season is Ryder. I'm sorry, he he is really cute in some of the background moments. There's a bit in like Hey Jude where he like shuffles up with the flowers, and I was like, he's so cute. Oh. Well done, you. He passes me by so completely. I do. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there you go. I'm, I'm sorry. I, I don't know, know why. I, I don't mind told... him in the background doing things as long as he's not like in the foreground taking up right. time. Right. I've been oh, told yeah. that he does um, a lot of really great background stuff. So when I started watching them again, I try to watch for a writer in the background, and, and he does. Yeah. He's really funny in the background. I don't yeah. like any of his stories as making no. the whole. No. But in the background, he works and he has some great comedic timing, and, great and I really appreciate him. As a background character, and he and, <laughs> and and yeah, Jake have some great stuff together. I'm sorry that that friendship was never developed more, you know, or outside of this whole love triangle thing with Marley. Yeah. But um, that also frustrates me because even just seeing U- Unique and Marley sing together in the brief moment that we did, 
I got so angry that, again, the show didn't know what to do with Molly besides put her in a bloody love triangle. Oh, when, know. like, Unique was right there for them to just have this really cute and amazing friendship. Oh. Yeah. <sighs> so, yeah, they sing um, um, uh, Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band, and they get those outfits that are, like, the, the cover of that album. Yeah, I wanted to know. I, I get that Kitty was nominated as, like, prom court or whatever, but why wasn't she singing? That was never explained. Because she's, I don't know, they didn't need yeah. a fifth for their Lonely Hearts Club Band. There's only four Beatles. She's going to sing in Hey Jude, so they didn't need her for that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, because she needed to be in that dress so she could give that dress to Tina. That Which, dress would look so ugly okay. on her. Oh, wasn't I... Tina's dress amazing? It was. Tina's her original dress. dress. Oh, wow. It's gorgeous. She looks, ama- she looks amazing in the pink, but that dress was amazing. Oh. Oh, I know. I, I wish I would have switched it or something. I loved that first dress. I wish, yeah. like, oh, man. She just really? Her. I like the second. Oh. No, I think she looks amazing. I actually remember watching the episode and going, okay, the outfit that Kitty is wearing does not fit her right, and it looks kind of just not great. And then when Tina put it on, it looks amazing on Tina. Well, yeah, that's yeah, probably why. <laughs> yeah, but then it makes me go, okay, then did they not make two outfits? Like, she's literally wearing the same dress? No, because just Jenna's just a wider build and not fat in any means, but, like, just her bone structure is different than than Kitty's. So I don't I don't see that working, but. Yeah, but, but I was like, they, they literally then put her, like, like, the dress that Kitty is wearing is the same dress that they then put on Tina, like, there is, uh, in my mind, I was like, isn't there two dresses? No, no, I think there's just literally one dress. Just the one ones. dress, and they probably made, if, I think you're right, because Jenna is, is a broader build than Becca, so they probably had to make it fit Jenna, and then... Yeah, but not, not Becca, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, mm-hmm. I literally, when the first time I saw it, I was like, that just is ill-fitting. What is she doing wearing that to prom? Yeah. Oh. It's kind of funny with this whole prom thing that... There's only this one big thing. I mean, yeah, they all get their pictures taken again. And you can tell it's the last time because they have, like, random pictures of everybody, um, not just the main cast. Like, everybody seems to get a picture. Um, But there's only one real set piece in this whole thing, and it's the the upcoming sequence of of the Carrie thing. Mm. And nothing really else happens at prom. Well, I guess Tina, uh, not Tina, Sam and Nurse Penning get a little bit, but... Um, yeah, not really anything that happens. Um, Who's not so nearly Gan- as concerned about people spiking the punch this time? No. No. Right. It's because Puck know. is gone. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Artie's not, though. Yeah. Not that Artie did. Yeah, but Artie put eye drops. <laughs> yeah, I know. He chickened out. I don't know. Sorry. It didn't mean to. <laughs> no, it's fine. <clears throat> um... But yeah, so let's talk about, okay, so if anybody has not seen the film Carrie or read the book by Stephen King, basically it's about this girl who has um, telepathic and telekinetic powers, but she's very ostracized at, at, um, at school and made fun of and just picked on and it just, it's an awful situation. Her parent, her mother, I think she lives with her mom and her mom's abusive and she just has an awful time. So she goes to prom and they play a prank on her by naming her prom uh, prom queen, and um, they what did they dump a bucket of pig's blood on her head? Yeah, but then she ends up um, killing everybody. She, noticed, she just she goes crazy. 
she goes all Jean Grey Phoenix and just destroys everything. Um, and I don't remember if she dies in the book or not herself, but she just, yeah. So, yeah, so this is an homage because, um, you know, they've been alluding to this since the first prom episode that somebody's going to go all Carrie-esque and, um, Tina is nominated, but also she gets a bucket of whatever was in that bucket dumped on her head. So does that mean she didn't no, win legitimately? She. I don't know. Because, like, like, they had to have rigged it so that she would win, or else what's the point? That's true. And that sequence with the bucket dropping takes, like, five minutes. Oh, my it's God. Just, Another yeah. thing, I was like, you could have spent this time better. Yeah. It really That's isn't that suspenseful. Just drop the bucket on us. Yeah, <laughs> we know you're gonna do it. <laughs> I feel bad that I did kind of laugh when a bucket drops on yeah. um, Stoner Brett's head. <laughs> yeah, well, as you like, said before, that's the thing. Like everybody's laughing because the, that fucking bucket is, is. Or sorry, that that bucket is the bucket drop is really funny, but. Uh, but I mean, Tina takes it as they're all laughing at you. Yeah. yeah. Oh, which reminds me, I forgot um, to mention this way early in the episode. The uh, "I'm going to be bigger than Jesus" line. Um, the where that came from was John Lennon said it on a sh- uh, uh, talk show that the Beatles were bigger than John Lennon. I mean, John Lennon was bigger John, than John Jesus. Than Jesus. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, and. He got a lot of flack for that. So um, that's where they, she, Tina said it earlier in the thing, and that's why it repeats here. Um, but, but I don't know. I, I, I guess I don't, I, I'm sad this happened to Tina. I feel like this whole thing was contrived to make a carry reference. Mm. And so, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't think there was anything deeper than that. Do you? No. No. I, I think that was it. But I thought it was... I, I liked it. I, I don't know. I... It was okay. Because I, I thought it was funny, like, the, the actual scene that it happened. Like, you knew it was going to happen, and then, like, it, it happened. And then, like, the Hey Jude afterwards is... I, was say Jude I, the I love the Hey Jude. Like Me too. It is... Just one of the gems, uh, uh, I think. I think uh, Blaine's vocals on it are just like amazing. And it's uh, if it was all just a setup for 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 Hey Jude, fine. <laughs> <laughs> Which it kind of well, yeah. I mean, twofold. I'm sure they wanted to do the Carrie thing, but um, the Hey yeah. Jude is just it is a gorgeous piece, and and it is a nice triumphant moment for her to come back from yeah. that. And okay, but uh, I don't know. I assume we're gonna we wanted to just we're just to touch on like how this is a oh, parallel yeah. with like Kurt and Tina, Absolutely. and this is I, I wrote down in my notes. This is the reason why I buy the new new directions as a team much more than I ever bought the new directions as like a team because as soon as this terrible thing happens to Tina and she runs out, they all go and follow her. Whereas yeah. when this terrible thing happened to Kurt, and I get that. Prom Queen was meant to be, it was a triumphant Kurt moment. And the fact that I know it was rewritten specifically so it could be that and that Blaine just happened to be there. But the fact that nobody ran out after Kurt kind of makes me feel a little bit sad. 
especially because everyone rushes to run out to help Tina. Yeah, and like Mercedes and and Rachel did not. Run. Well, Rachel goes after Quinn, so she is tied up with that. Yeah. But, um, uh, like Mercedes and Sam don't go out to check on Kurt. Yeah. Finn Finn's already been kicked out at that point, but um, but yeah, like literally, literally everyone runs out to help Tina, and it's a really lovely moment where they're all helping yes. like clean her off, and mm-hmm. like literally like. I mean, she'd be real sticky. Why did she not shower? But it's a really beautiful moment, and I love it a lot. As I said, despite the fact that I'm, I have issues with how genuine it may or may not be, it's a really beautiful moment, and I really, really yes. like it. But as yeah. I said, it 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 puts it sharp into sharp focus how shitty everyone was in prom queen. Yeah, yeah. Well, and it's it's interesting. These two stories can be very much paralleled. Um, like and Blaine leads of, the charge in both of them, though. I know. I was gonna say, and Blaine's there <laughs> to help pick up Tina the way he was. Which, you know what, though, I'm gonna be honest with you. I miss Kurt a little bit. Like, I, mm. just because that's that's the story that I relate to most, and it just made me miss Kurt. Because, like, I don't know, it just did for reasons Kurt? that don't make any sense. But um, because it's a different story, and and um, Kurt, Kurt's "Eat Your Heart Out," Kate Middleton was better than Tina's line. I'm sorry, Tina. What what was Tina's line? I can't remember. I wrote it down. Hang on. I'll see if I can find it. It was something like, yeah. It's just something like, yeah, prom. I'm not sure. Hang on. I'll see if I can find it. Um. Oh, yeah. I wrote down if I'd have been. She said, she said if I were Tina, I would have just flipped them the bird and then left. <laughs> I, I am Tina Fish. Cohen Shane and I accept I'm your, your crown. prom queen. No, I accept something your like crown. That. Long live Yeah, prom. yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's it. It's also funny to me that they continually make, you know, and it's because of the competition esque nature that this show seems to latch onto. Um, that you know, the prom and winning prom is such a big deal, but then after prom is won, nobody cares anymore. See, like, I'm a, I'm Australian. I don't understand what the big deal of prom is. It's not. It really <laughs> it's a, it's it really is from my my perspective, like. In all of these TV shows, it's made to be this big ordeal, like you're going to have sex in your prom night or you're going to be prom queen. And like when you, at least in my experience, and it's it has been almost 20 years, oh my God. But like we went to prom, we danced, and then we kind of went home and some people went to a party. That's it. There's no, like there's no, we forgot about the prom queen thing and we voted there. Like, oh crap, somebody needs to be prom queen. So we quickly voted. But it wasn't this big, huge ordeal. And I think the reason why TV shows latch onto it, it's a point that they, like, and it's an event that you can base something around of. So they, they kind of exploit it a bit, but um, at least, and, and maybe Carly, you can talk about, you know, being on the East coast, maybe it's slightly different there, but it really is no big deal. Out I here. think it might <laughs> so. be my, I have the same uh, experience as you. And it's also been like, a lot of years. Um, but <laughs> I, I think it might be different down in Texas. And oh, okay. like they, <laughs> and, and I know like now teens, uh, like are really into the promposal and like all of that, like on, on YouTube, there's been like a bunch of like promposals. And so I, I don't know if it's different in different areas but, but yeah I had the same experience where like yeah it's it's fun I I went with my friends like as dates I was I was dating a guy in who was 
a freshman. I was a sophomore, and I went to the um, as a date to my friend who is a senior. While I was dating this other guy, so it was like it it wasn't like, you know, the the typical oh you're gonna marry your prom date kind of <laughs> narrative, which is silly. Um, so it did happen for some of my friends. Um, but like what I want to know is that the show already did a dance episode and I get I this just comes back to the fact that I, this is all just for a Carrie joke but they already did a dance episode they did a Sadie Hawkins dance why did we need a prom episode so they could parallel Kurt with Tina I don't know yeah because yeah. Sadie Hawkins dance doesn't have uh, the the queen yeah, thing, uh, yeah. At the same time, I'm surprised they didn't do more dances because they're a musical group and could have sang more at dances. And I remember in high school we had a lot of dances. I mean, nothing happened at them, but there were a lot of them. Um, like so. the, a homecoming dance. I know it's funny to me that season six is the first time they have homecoming. <laughs> yeah, but another it, foreign concept. Oh man, <laughs> sorry. Every every again, every time I'm on these podcasts, I sit and I go, I don't understand these American traditions. Please explain them to me. <laughs> and then we're like, we don't get it either. <laughs> yeah, no. I, I could say these things that just come up in American shows. We don't have any of it. Although I say that we don't, it's becoming much more common uh, in the in the UK. The proms have, uh, which were not just never happened ever now most high school students so mm. uh, which is tends to be a uk thing you know we see enough of it on television so we go and do it <laughs> yeah it's american it's american television isn't it i was gonna say it's an american society made thing more than an actual cultural this is what we do i mean you knew right carly's right like maybe in places like texas or like like different parts of the country there might be specific like local things that get amplified but um mm-hmm. Across the board, I think that TV kind of blows up these milestones in teenage dumb more than sometimes they really are. I so. feel like Homecoming Queen and King are more important. I mean, they're still like not Im- really important. <laughs> not important <in> overall, <laughs> but like they they have more role. Like basically, prom queen and king like get a crown and then get to dance a dance and then and like that's it. Tina Basically. didn't even get to dance. Her prom, no. queen, her prom king got knocked out. <laughs> At least they showed him icing his head and not that he was, like, in a coma or something. <laughs> not that he died. But, like, Homecoming, to go off into the tangent, like, complete tangent, but Homecoming, like, they they uh, are, they announce it at, like, halftime? Or, oh, no, Homecoming like, a game. Yeah. Game. <laughs> okay, so it's the uh, last home game for the football team. Usually, I always thought homecoming happened at the start because it's like everyone. I was comes gonna say home. ours homecoming was usually maybe the second or third week of like September. So oh, it was always ours, kind of in the middle. Ours is like uh, late October or mid to late October. Mid, hmm. mid. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So it's it's a home game for the football team and there's a parade and the homecoming queen is and king um are 
on a car during the parade and they they like are announced during the the midtime or halftime whatever it's called show not show because it's not not the verbal i'm under the impression that old alumni come right yeah that's what um in homecoming and it's kind of like we had a similar experience where you know you have this homecoming parade and all the old alumni and people come back to the town yeah it's like like a town thing that's why prom queen doesn't mean as much because homecoming is about everybody coming back into the town yeah and last year's homecoming queen crowns the new one and etc etc well, then I said, why didn't Glee ever do that? If they had all these characters and they needed a reason well, for them did. to come back, and they did it once. <laughs> Be- yeah. That's kind they of what they did. They could have done it more. Yeah, whatever. But, oh, my goodness. All right. So. Sorry, we um, went off on a tangent there. I'm really okay. <laughs> that's never happened on the course of this podcast. How dare you? Um, <laughs> but uh, the, the episode ends with Let It Be. And I don't know if people know this, but they actually, in between the two parters, they did the songs chronologically. Um, they started with the early Beatles and went to the middle and then went to the end. And um, Let It Be was one of the last um, singles that the Beatles released. Um I was wondering, what, was was what the new directions were wearing like an homage to, like the sixties? Like, well, no, was it um, um, like a literal homage to Let It Be, or was it just the general sixties? I thought it was the general sixties, just that really hippie odd. culture. It was very odd. I was like, well, for one thing, the girls are in these really cute flowy dresses, and the boys are in like suits. Well, it might have been. I mean, that was like nineteen sixty nine, and it's kind of getting into that seventies. It's that flower child. Look, yeah, but the boys didn't look like flower children. They looked like prep boys, and the girls looked like flower children. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know. It might have been something specific because there are a lot of times that the, will the girls look like uh, Rachel from uh, Blame It on the Alcohol. <laughs> um, the they will pull on threads um, that are really deep cuts so that I. Like there, like for example, for example, back in early season one, there is a there's a uh, Versace joke about Andrew Kanan in there. Is it really? Yes, there is. Emma says that she dated oh, this guy what? named Andy, and oh, no. then not, yeah, and um, <laughs> I remember because uh, Versace shooting started the the re, the filming started when I was doing the beginning of the rewatch, and I caught that line. I was like, holy shit! Um, so. Glee does put in stuff in there that, you know, is reference. I don't always get it. Um, this might have been something, but that's Beatles-related. I know that they did a lot of Beatles homages within these two episodes, but... Yeah, some were very obvious, like, yeah. obviously that one from the previous episode. The I saw her standing there was the Ed yeah. Sullivan show stuff, yeah. but... that was very obvious. Um, that so. was so cute. I love that one. <laughs> but, yeah, we've let it be. I think this is a gorgeous... Gorgeous last number. Another really lovely song. I like that they all got a chance. I, they finally figured out in season five how to use Chris's voice in in group numbers. So um, you can actually hear him singing. And he gets a couple lines. But, like, I don't know. I just think it's nice that they went away from, you know, having Finn and Rachel singing a, a duet with Mercedes and Rayleigh on the back. And then everybody else's it's backup singers. It's not even like it's like studio singers, it's not even the rest of the cast. And now group songs sound like the actual group singing. So Yeah, that's that's what I loved about the the new new dra- uh, directions. Like I I've said this a billion times. That's why like season four is one of my favorite. 
Oh, mine too. Mine too. I love New New New. I, you know, it's like I didn't always love the storylines behind it you know, the, with the newbies and everything, but New New Directions, I actually adored. Yeah. yeah. And it started at first when, yeah. when we watched it, like back when it first came out to be like, who are these new new yeah. people? Like, how, like, why should we care about them? But like, in retrospect, yeah. watching the the season from the beginning, and and I I just enjoyed the season. And I I've said this also, um, Pam. Like you, you love season five. I know, and I mm-hmm. I've always said it's like one of my least favorites. But like you've made it grow on me a lot more oh well thank you well it's like season four I really hated the first time I saw it and oh, like yeah, yeah. it's grown on me so much I I have a lot of love for season four I think the only thing that really drives me I don't even hate season three but it did just drive me doing it mm. from an analytical point of view and having to do like multiple rewatches I get tired of it um but I don't I mean it, I love the show so I mean I wouldn't yeah. be here doing this if I didn't love the whole <laughs> thing so um I know if I do rewatches but you know like before it's Two or four of the ones I go back to far more than the other seasons. Mm-hmm. See, and season five is my happy. So we're now in my happy yeah. place where yeah. I, I'm like going to be gushy <laughs> again. Um, so I'm really excited to Except be. Except Katie and Gaga. I hate that episode. But... <laughs> oh, really? What? Oh, really? I really like that I episode. That <laughs> wow. I don't know why I just don't like that episode. <laughs> the only thing that frustrates me, and it comes up all the time, when people are like, you spend too much time on BuzzFeed, and whenever Glee comes up, and people who are obviously not fans of the show talk about how they wish the show had ended at the end of season three. Yeah. And I was like, are we watching the same show? Like, yeah. season three was the worst. Well, and <laughs> it's you've- so funny in all of these... Um- like, going back to the Versace stuff, all of these reviews of Darren, and they're all, like, you know, like, kind of poo-pooing Blaine, and I'm like, you guys yes. obviously did not get past season two. They like, literally watched half of season two. Like, I don't even think they got up to original song, because even then, I would say Prom Queen was when we actually got a little bit more Blaine backstory, but, like, it's completely clear that they did not get up to seasons four and five. Are you kidding me? They just watched Never Been Kissed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably true. Um, so, so yeah, these later seasons, even though there are lots of issues that we will obviously go into, yes. there's so there's a lot of things they got right. They, and, and there's a lot of emotion and a lot of humor and a lot of really good, interesting things happening. So... Even if um, they don't explore them properly. Exactly. We, we have our fan fiction and it helps. Yeah. So. All right. Well, I want to thank you guys for doing this episode with me. Um, it's, you know, it's a good episode. It's sad that, I mean, it comes after love, 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 and nothing is ever going to measure up to that, at least in this corner of the fandom. But it's still a fun and enjoyable episode. And, mm-hmm. um, oh, go ahead. I was gonna say, I feel like it unfortunately sits in that little place. Yeah, before love, 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 after love, 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 and just before the quarterback. Right. Where... But I think, you know, when you if you watch them like on the DVD together, it kind of feels yeah. a little bit better, and it's and it, and it's fun. So, um, join us next week. Uh, it is going to be a heavy week um just as a boy i are going to talk about the quarterback we are going to talk about some heavier subjects if that's not your cup of tea totally get that stick around for two weeks from now we'll get back on track with katie and or gaga so thanks for joining me and have a great sunday night
Feel so young. You make me feel like spring has sprung.